Jesus' name. And we pray for strength for the whole Collins family. And we trust that everything will turn out just fine. Now, Father, we thank you for this word as it goes forth today. It will not return void, but it will accomplish what it's sent forth to do in the lives of the people that will hear it. Believe it, receive it, and consistently act upon it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's open our Bibles here to Hebrews, the ninth chapter and the 27th verse. Hebrews, the ninth chapter and the 27th verse. Hebrews, the ninth chapter and the 27th verse says it's appointed for men. And that has to do with women, mankind. To die once. But after this, the judgment. There's two things here that mentioned here that that we're just not going to get out of. It's dying and judgment. Now, I, I believe in the rapture of the church. I do. For the Lord himself descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we here alive and remain shall be changed. A moment twinkling of an eye will be caught up together in the clouds to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. How, how many of you have ever read that in the Bible? And, and, and I believe in the, in, the, in the pre-tribulation rapture, and I'm, we're not, we don't have, have a falling out over that. A lot of people believe a lot of different things about that. You know what you believe about the rapture? is not essential to whether or not you're going to ultimately make heaven. It's what you believe about Jesus. Is that right? Yet small wars have been fought over that, uh, over the rapture. But somebody said, well, in the rapture, what's going to happen? How does, you know, if the Lord catches us up before, before we die, then that violate that scripture. I like what one preacher said. He said, well, we'll just die and then we'll be resurrected before we hit the ground. So that, that'd, be, that'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? How many of you really would like to cheat the undertaker and never have to be embalmed? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But I'd say more about that if we were talking about the rapture of the church. But I want to go a different direction here. It's appointed for human beings once to what? To, to die. And then after this, the what? The judgment. I want to talk to you today, titling this message, The Bucket List. The Bucket List. Pastor, you said a moment ago this is going to be a very sobering message. How, how come you titled it The Bucket List? Well, it is very sobering because the bucket list, the bucket list, have you, somebody may not know. What is the bucket list? What is, what is, have you ever heard somebody say, I've got these things on my bucket list? And... Um, Some people don't know what the bucket list is. What the bucket list is, have you ever heard of kicking the bucket? How many has ever heard of kicking the bucket? That's another way of saying you're going to die. Is that right? So a bucket list then are things that people want to accomplish or do in their life before they kick the bucket or before they what? Before they die. That's what the bucket list is. And so different people will have different things on their bucket list. Some people, they want to see the Grand Canyon. That would be on their bucket list. Some people, it might be seeing Hawaii. Some people, it might be seeing Niagara Falls. Some people, it might be seeing the the Caribbean, you know. Some people, it might be going to California and seeing the, the Pacific Ocean. Other people, it might be meeting somebody, you know. Uh, a friend of mine uh, got to meet the, the great golfer Jack Nicklaus. Uh, 
uh, some months back and he put on Facebook, you know, he, he said, I just got to mark something off my bucket list. I got to meet Jack Nicholas today. And, and so that was something on his bucket list. Uh, you know, some people would like to meet a famous entertainer or something like that, you know, and that's on their bucket list, you know. And something they want to do before they kick the bucket. But what I want to talk to you today about is two absolute must things that should be on everyone's bucket list. Two absolute must things that should be on your bucket list that you should do before you die. Okay? And so the first one... I want to go to Hebrews 6, verse 1. This is the most important thing that should be on everyone's bucket list. Notice this, Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go to perfection, or that means maturity, not laying again the foundation of, the foundation of, what is that next word? Repentance from dead works. And of, what's that next word? Faith toward God. Notice, repentance from dead works and faith toward God. That should be the number one thing that is on everyone's bucket list. Repentance from dead works and then faith toward God. And that faith, of course, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now... Those of you who sit in here, most of you that, that I know, you have already crossed this one off your bucket list. You've already repented of your sins. You've already placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's already been something that's been marked off of your bucket list. So then we should go out and make it the number one priority in our life to be sure that everybody that we come in contact to contact with that we've shared Jesus with right so that they get this most important thing crossed off their bucket list because the most important thing that any of us will ever do in our life is repent of our sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ now notice that to get saved both of those things must be done both of those things must be done and it seems like in, in this hour in which we live that the faith, the faith side is being emphasized more so than the repentance. When you see, and I'm not here to be critical of any minister, God knows my heart, but you're the congregation that God has given me, so I have a, re, a responsibility to teach you the, the truth of the whole truth of the Word of God, that... If all you have is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ without repentance, you didn't tap into salvation power. You need to realize that. And when people stand there and, and preachers stand there and they say, receive Jesus, receive Jesus, receive Jesus, receive Jesus. They're only telling you half of the truth. And it's not enough to get a person saved. Because receiving Jesus, as wonderful as that message is, apart from the repentance from dead works, does not get one saved. There has to be both. Now, you can go in the Bible and you can see that there are certain scriptures that emphasize repentance. Repentance, repentance, repentance. 
And you can see another set of scriptures that emphasizes faith in Jesus, believing on Jesus, believing on Jesus. And somebody will ask the question, say, well, which one is correct, the repentance or, or the faith? And I would answer both. Realize, say both. You need them both. You need them both. You need the repentance from dead works and you need faith towards God. That faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, but what I see a lot of, and and it bears repetition, is I'll see in this hour in which we live, a lot of times you'll see ministers come on and they'll say, receive Jesus. You know, pray this prayer with me to receive Jesus. And, And that's all good, but it's powerless unless... There is the preaching of what? Repentance along with that. Last evening, before I went to bed, I was flipping through the channels and I saw a Billy Graham classic crusade from years ago. And I just happened to turn it on near the end. And that man, under the power of God, a humble man, stood there and he didn't do it in a see a lot of times repentance is is preached with a in mean spirited and you got to repent and you see a preacher beating the pulpit you don't have to beat the pulpit and you don't have to be mean spirited but you do need to tell people the truth of the matter and he stood there billy graham and and and, and this is humble and and he stood there and he, he spoke to that vast crowd and he talked about the importance of coming to jesus christ And he called people to Jesus, but here's how he did it. He didn't just call them to faith in Christ, but he first told them, that vast crowd, that they needed to repent of their sins. That they needed to turn from their old life. That that God expected that, required that of them. And he even said, and he told them the truth, the Holy Spirit would help them to repent. But he said that before you can walk down here and make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have to, in your heart, repent. You have to turn. Repent just means to turn around, go in a different direction, have a change of heart, a change of mind. It means to change direction. And he, and he said to that congregation, he said, a vast crowd of stadium full of people, he, he called them to repentance. And he said, repent of your sins. Turn from your old life. And then after he did that, then he invited them to come down. And that great choir sang. Under the anointing of God, just as I am, without one plea. Remember that song? And and people came and he called them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he didn't do it until he first told them that they needed to repent. And you see, when they did that, as they repented of their sins in their heart, and they walked those aisles to come down to receive Jesus as their Lord, as they were doing that, they they were... Marking the most important thing off of their bucket list. Why is it the most important thing, Pastor Terry? Why is repentance from dead works and faith in the Lord Jesus? Why is that so important? Because you see, it's that which will determine where you will spend eternity. You see, I said a moment ago, we could disagree on the rapture of the church and all the details of that and and still get along just fine. But this here, repentance from dead works and faith toward God, faith in the Lord Jesus. See, we can't have any disagreement on that. That is a heaven-hell issue. 
We can't have any disagreement on that. We must all be in agreement based on the word of God that for a person to miss hell and to make heaven, they must repent of their sins and place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you see. And when they do that, then they, 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 they mark hell off of, off of their list. They'll never have to go to hell. Isn't that wonderful? They'll get to go to heaven. And so that's why repentance from dead works, faith toward God must be on your, must be first on everyone's bucket list. I want to look here at a, at a man who lived, a real man who lived. It's appointed unto men once to what? Die. And after this, the judgment. I want to look at a man that Jesus talked about, a real man who lived. He lived his life and he never marked repentance from dead works and faith toward God. He never marked it off his bucket list. He never did it. And he never marked it off his bucket list. And let's see what happened to him. Go, if you would, to Luke, the 16th chapter and the 19th verse. Luke, the 16th chapter and the 19th verse. Jesus said there was a certain rich man, certain, a certain one. He really lived. This is not a parable. Or a, a just just a, 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 an illustrative story. This he's talking about a real man. He said there was a certain rich man, and I want to say before we go on, I want you to stop and, and I want I want to get something through to you. What happened to this man did not happen to him because he was rich. There's there's nothing wrong with having money. But it is wrong when money has you. And money, it's not the money, but the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And did you know the love of money has kept so many people out of heaven and put them in hell? Did you know that? Bible says you can't serve God and money. Now, you can serve God with money, but you can't serve God and money. Did you hear what I just said? Jesus said that it's easier for a rich man. or I'm sorry. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Is that right? Now, right away, people think there's something wrong with having riches. No, there's nothing wrong with having riches, but it is wrong when riches have you. Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and, and Jesus said, you know the commandments and, and all of that. And he said, Lord, I've, I've kept all these from my youth. And then Jesus said, one thing you lack. He said, go sell what you have and give to the poor. Take up the cross and follow me. And the Bible says that that man, that young man went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. But I think we could... Easily say great possessions had him. And I have no record that that man ever, that, that other rich man that he's talking about, that young, rich young ruler that the Bible calls, that we know as rich young ruler, have no record that he ever repented and came to Jesus. His money kept him out of heaven and put him in hell. And it wasn't the money itself, it was the love of it. He couldn't turn it loose. Did you hear that?
So here we have a certain rich man, Luke 16, 19. We're talking about the bucket list. Let's see here. This man didn't, didn't have faith toward God, as we'll see. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God. He didn't never mark that off the bucket list. Let's see what happened to him. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died. See, it's appointed unto every man to die. He was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. That was at that time prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was a holding area in the inner part of the earth. Where people in the Old Testament, before Jesus was raised from the dead, that and they, they had placed, they had repented and placed their faith in Jesus. And the, you know, it's been Jesus ever since the Garden of Eden all the way to the present hour. Is that right? How many of you know, right after Adam sinned, God started preaching Jesus to Adam. Is that right? He talked about the seed of the woman. Is that right? How do people get saved in the Old Testament? By repenting of their sins and looking forward to the cross. How do we get saved here in the New Testament? By repenting of our sins and looking back to the cross. But it's always been the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can anybody say amen? And this was a place, Abraham's bosom, also known as paradise. A place of comfort. Where those people in the Old Testament who died... Repenting of their sins, placing their faith in Jesus, went when they died. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. See, it's appointed unto men once to die. The rich man also died and was buried and being in torments in Hades or hell. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who would want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. See, this rich man died. And he didn't have the most important thing crossed off his bucket list. He had never repented of his sins and he had never placed his faith in the Messiah, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 27, then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him, Lazarus, to my father's house. First thing somebody wants to do when they go to hell is they want to become a soul winner. I said, that's the first thing people want to do when they get to hell is first thing they want. They want relief. They want to get out. And I guess the second thing is they want to become a soul winner. It's too late to become a soul winner then. But I tell you, by the Holy Ghost, it's not too late now. Become a soul winner while there's still time. Can you say amen? It's too late now for this man to pass out tracks. It's not too late for us now to pass out tracks, but it was too late for this man to pass out tracks. It's not too late for us to give a testimony, you see, but, but it's too late for this man to give a testimony. He died and he never marked the most important thing off of the bucket list. 
He says, I beg you, therefore, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. There really, there really is a hell. Somebody said, I don't believe in hell, but well, that may be, but I tell you what, that doesn't mean it's not so. I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. I have five brothers, and they've never marked the important, most important thing off their bucket list either. I'm in hell now. There's, but, but I've got five brothers back up on the earth, and they've never marked this most important thing off of their bucket list. Send Lazarus back that he can talk to him and, and testify to him. And, and so he can go back and give him the track and he can go back and, 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 you know, and tell him about Jesus so they can mark that most important thing off their bucket list so they don't come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Somebody says, well, what does that mean? Well, Moses preached repentance from dead works and he preached Jesus. You need to understand that. And when Abraham says here they have Moses and the prophets, you need to realize that Moses and the prophets preached repentance from dead works and they preached Concerning the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ and faith in him. Abraham said they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will what? They will repent. See, that's the first thing you must do. Not believe, must repent and then believe. That man ought to know he's in hell. He knows why he's there. He never repented. No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. They'll repent. They'll get this most important thing crossed off their bucket list. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And that's the God's honest truth. Yeah, pastor, but if somebody came walking in here that I knew they were dead and they'd been raised from the dead, I'd believe. Not according to that, you wouldn't. You have Moses and the prophets. We have Moses and the prophets. We not only have that, but we have the entirety of the New Testament. Which is, the Bible says, is even better than the Old Covenant. I had a lady say to me one day, right out at that door, she said, if you snap your fingers right now and lightning bolt hit in the parking lot, I'll believe. And I said, by the Holy Ghost, just came out of me. No, you won't. You'll just explain it away like you've explained everything else away. She got mad at me and left, but I told her the truth. This right here. This track, which is full of the word of God, laying it somewhere or giving it to somebody is more powerful and will do more good than if a dead person rose from the dead and came back and testified. That's how powerful sharing the word of God is with somebody. You need to realize that. 
If they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. So that rich man lived his life, never did repent, never placed his faith in Jesus, never did cross that most important thing off the bucket list, died and went to hell. Perhaps you sit here today and you say, Pastor Terry, I've already marked that off my bucket list. I've already repented of my sins, placed my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, now I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to close this message by talking to you. And you need to sit, you need to listen, you need to listen very carefully. And I trust the Spirit of God will will anoint me to preach this the way He would have it said. And anoint your ears to hear. Because I realize most of you in this room have already crossed that most important thing off of your bucket list. But there's something else on everyone's bucket list. I'm talking to Christians now. I'm talking to Christians now. Every Christian needs to think about what I'm going to talk about now concerning their bucket list. And you need to be sure that you've taken care of this item on your bucket list before you die. The Bible said it's appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. When a sinner dies, their spirit comes out of their body, of course. Not having repented, placed their faith in Jesus, they descend into hell. And that's a judgment in and of itself. And they remain there, tormented in in hell until such time as the great white throne judgment. Where they'll stand before the great white throne and they'll be eventually cast into the lake of fire. Dear friends, I, I beg you, don't go to hell. Don't do it. But what about Christians? What about people who have repented of their sins and placed their faith in Jesus? There is a judgment for all of us that have done that. It's not known as the great white throne judgment, but it's known as the real out say the judgment seat of Christ. It's the judgment seat of Christ. And each one of us as Christians will have to go and be and appear before almighty God, appear before the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is almighty God, the second member of the Trinity, and will have to give account to him. Look, if you would, at Romans 14 and 10, Romans 14 and 10. This is speaking to Christians. But why do you judge your brother or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before what? Before where? The judgment seat of Christ. Nobody's getting out of this. It's appointed unto men once to die, after this to judgment. So sinners get judged through being sentenced to hell. Christians are going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. You need to realize the judgment seat of Christ is not a heaven-hell issue. As far as what I mean by that is, is that by going before the judgment seat of Christ, Christians will not be sentenced to hell. You need to realize that. You need to understand that. Do you understand that? I want to be sure you get that. See, the great white throne judgment, which happens on down, way on down at the end of the millennium, that that is where people get sentenced into to the lake of fire. This right here for Christians does not have to do with being sentenced and in, thrown into hell. You need to understand that. This has to do with works. And being rewarded are suffering loss. Do you understand that? I said, do you understand that? You need to listen to me on this. You not listen to me. Listen to the word of God. We must all. This is talking to Christians now. Not sinners, but Christians. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, 
As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account for himself to God. So as a Christian, we're all going to be judged at some point by God. Not as it pertains to heaven, hell, that's already done. That was already taken care of on our first item on the bucket list. This has to do with a judgment for believers' works. And you also need to realize that there's another scripture that relates to the judgment seat of Christ that says, therefore, knowing that, listen to me now, there, I'm talking to Christians now, it says, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I stand here today and I say this to you as a Christian, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. I'm persuading you to listen to what the Bible has to say about the judgment seat of Christ. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11. Listen carefully. 1 Corinthians 3, 11. For no other foundation. This is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. But listen here. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's a very important verse. What that's saying to you is, is that there's no way to get into heaven. There's no way to even get to this judgment seat of Christ unless you first place your faith with a repentant heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. Somebody say amen. Amen. Do you understand that? There's nothing you can do in and of yourself to save yourself. We're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Having placed your faith with a repentant heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, now that is your foundation. And once you have that foundation, now notice verse 12. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, those are good things. Also, wood, hay, and straw, those are not such good things. See, once you get saved, once you've with a repentant heart placed your faith in the Lord Jesus, you X that first thing off your bucket list. Now you're going to make heaven game, set, match. That's all there is to it. You understand that? But yet we must all appear as Christians before the judgment seat of Christ with Jesus as our foundation. He's the reason we're standing there. This is not now at this point a heaven hell issue. This is not, in other words, this is not going to determine whether we go to heaven or hell. This is going to determine now what kind of rewards or lack thereof we have throughout eternity. We're going to have to bow our knee and give account to God. So from the time you got saved... What have you been doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? What have you been doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been doing things of gold, silver, precious stones? Or have you been doing wood, hay, and straw? Have you been a faithful Christian? Have you been faithful to the things of God? Have you been faithful to the house of God? Have you been faithful to study the word of God and act upon it? Have you been faithful to advance the work of God? Have you walked in love toward your brothers and sisters in Christ? Have you reached out with the good news of Jesus to the lost and the dying? Have you helped people? Have you been good to people? See, the things I just mentioned, uh, uh, all those good works I just mentioned cannot save you. Say amen. amen. But you can be rewarded for those things. 
And those things that I mentioned are gold, silver, precious stones. Have you been a grumbler? Let's talk about the wood, hay, and the straw. Have you been a grumbler and a complainer? Have you talked bad behind people's backs? Have you emailed gossip behind people's backs? Have you texted behind people's backs? Have you torn uh, 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 people up? Have you cut people up with your words? Have you been rude and unforgiving? Have you been more of a, a, of a liability to your church than an asset? Have you brought sick people help and assistance? Have you cut your neighbor's lawn when they needed help and couldn't do it? Or have you failed to do these things? No, I'm not going to help them out. No, I'm not going to share with them. No, I'm not going to do good things. See, those are wood, hay, and straw. Verse 13 says, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. What day? The day where we'll be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. I personally believe that when a Christian dies, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But also we read today that it's appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. I personally believe from my study of the word of God that when a Christian dies, their spirit leaves their body, of course, and uh, the angels take them into the presence of God and they have to bow. We'll have to bow our knee before almighty God and give account. For what we did here upon the earth. At this judgment seat. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by what? By what? Come on. By what? By what? Is that the fires of hell or is that the fires of the judgment seat of Christ? Fires of the judgment seat of Christ. It'll be real, revealed by fire. Notice this. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Was it gold, silver, precious stones? Or was it wood, hay, and straw? Because the Bible says that each one's work will be tested to see what kind of work it is. The fire will test one's work, each one's work, to see what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it, on what? On the foundation of Jesus. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a what? A reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer what? Loss. But, good news here, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through the fire. How many of you know that does beat going to hell, doesn't it? You see, Christians will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and their works will be tested by the fires of God to see and, and what were your motives? Why did you do what you did when you did it? What was your motive behind helping that person? What was your motive? What, why did you do what you did when you did it? That's going to come up at the judgment seat of Christ. And your work and my work is going to be tested by the fires of God. And it's clear to me that some people, the fire of God is going to hit their works and they're going to be gold, silver and precious stones and their works will not be burned. 
and they will receive a reward, which is one of the five crowns that God has to give out and other things we could mention. And they'll get to enter into heaven. And oh, what a glorious time it'll be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Yet, alas, there'll be other Christians who are lukewarm and lackadaisical and, and didn't live for God as they should and didn't do what they should for God. And, and they played with sin and they, and they tampered with sin and they, and they, 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 they did repent of, now I'm, t- I'm talking right now where a lot of people live. They've repented of their sins. They've placed their faith in the Lord Jesus. And they love Him. But they got stuff in their life that they still dabble in. And they dabble in this and they dabble in that. And they know they shouldn't, but they do anyway. And, 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 and they feel so horrible. Have you ever missed it? You've sinned and you knew you shouldn't have done it, but you did it anyway. And you were just miserable in your heart. How many besides me? Oh, that, that shows me that you're really saved. You're going to make heaven all right. But you're going to have to give account to God for, for this stuff. If you don't repent of it and, and ask him to forgive you, this is going to come up at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know why Jeremiah cried. I've always cried in days gone by because the presence of God came in. But God showed me that Jeremiah wasn't weeping so much at the presence of God. He was weeping because of the judgment of God that was coming on the people. So many Christians live their lives and preachers even live their lives. And I at times have even been, there's things there that shouldn't be there. God's dealt with us and dealt with us. And yet we don't deal with it. We don't repent of it. We don't mark it off our bucket list. And die in that condition. And go to heaven. (laughs) Why do we get to go to heaven? Because we're not saved by what we do in and of ourselves. We're saved by grace through faith. And salvation is a free gift. And don't ever forget that. Don't ever think your good deeds can even help the blood of Jesus in the smallest amount. But I'm talking to saved people that have things in their lives that shouldn't ought to be there. God, the Holy Spirit deals and deals and deals and deals and deals. And Jeremiah cried out for 40 years to some people. It seems like a long time. But God is merciful. And God doesn't judge people overnight. He gives them space to repent and time to repent. 
And so many do, but so many more, I'm confident, don't. And they die. And they go stand before the judgment seat of Christ. To be judged for the things that they've done in their bodies. And so many, when the fires of God and the fires of the judgment seat of God hit their works. It's been wood, hay, and straw. And those works are burned to smithereens. The Bible says they themselves will be saved, yet so as through the fire, which I'll say again, sure does beat going to hell. Yet they enter into the gates of heaven. And they have no reward. They have nothing to lay at the Savior's feet to worship Him with. They have no crowns of reward to lay at the Savior's feet to worship Him with. You say, Pastor Terry, your words have been pretty brazen here today. Well, I don't know if you realize it or not, but this is the kind of preaching that the Holy Ghost wants done from the pulpits of America. Pastor, you didn't come with a joke and a story, but rather you came in boldness with tears in your eyes. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, speaking by the Spirit of God, not because I did it, but what you see here today is what the Holy Ghost wants done in the pulpits of America. And it's the only real chance this nation has for revival and turnaround is for the pulpits of America to begin declaring these sorts of things again. You say your words have been pretty brash at times, Pastor Terry. You need to realize that the Bible is clear that the ministers should be flames of fire, not pablum pushing pulpiteers. Not coming with three points in a poem. Not coming worried about the clock to get you out in time to get to Kentucky Fried Chicken. But we should come as flames of fire to declare without apology what it is the Holy Ghost is saying. And I've come today to say to the sinner that if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to repent of your sins and you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ before you leave this place here today. Because if you don't, hell awaits. And I've come here in the boldness of the Holy Ghost and the compassion of the Spirit of God to speak to Christians to say that if you have things in your life that should not ought to be there, you need to get before Almighty God and bow your knee before Him and repent of those things and confess those things to God. And if we'll confess our sins to God with a repentant heart as Christians, He'll forgive us of our sins and He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I tell you by the Holy Ghost, do that before you die. So that your works are not burned to smithereens. And as a flame of fire, as a minister of God, as we've studied this Jeremiah, uh, as I've been looking at that, the Bible says in there at one point that the minister's words, that Jeremiah's words would be like fire. And the people would be like wood. 
What does that mean that I'm supposed to burn you up with 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 the words of God? No, what it means is this, that I should come in here as a flame of fire under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I should speak the word of God and it should go out into the congregation and it should begin to burn like fire, like fire would burn wood. And it should burn things off of you. It should burn that gossip off of you. It should burn that pornography off of you. It should burn that that tinkering on the Internet where you should be. It'll burn that off you. It'll burn that sexual promiscuity. It'll burn those things. It'll burn that gossip. It'll burn that doubt. and unbel- It'll burn all that off of you because it's better. It's a better deal to get that burned off of you now than to have to face the fire of God at the judgment seat of Christ. Did you hear what I just said? Oh, it's a better deal. And, and then I, and then I'm reminded of this. A lot of people won't tolerate this kind of preaching in this hour. They'll get offended. I can't believe he talked to me like that. I'm telling you by the spirit of God, this is the kind of preaching you need. You, it's a better deal to let the let the man of God take the word of God and burn that junk off you down here. than that because you see, if we can burn it off you down here, there's still time to repent. And you can go from wood, hay, straw to gold, silver, precious stones, you see. But if you get, if you wait and die and you don't get this off your bucket list and you don't repent, you go to the judgment seat of Christ and the fires of God burn to smithereens and you enter heaven with nothing, then it's too late to get reward. Are you hearing what the Holy Ghost is saying? Stand with me if you would. The presence of a holy God here. They're going to pass the communion out. 